Well, welcome and thank you for joining me. My name is David Fournier, Senior Instructor here at Restoring Grace. And whether you're joining us either live or on archive, thank you so much for hanging out with us. Uh, we are here on the Zohar 15 program. We're going to be talking to, today about overcoming judgment with acts of kindness. Again, that is overcoming judgment with acts of kindness. We'll be reading, for those of you that have the English uh, copy of the Zohar, we'll be reading out of Zohar Volume 3, Section Vayera, Chapter 12, and verses 167, 168, 169, and a brief paragraph from Rabbi uh, Yehuda um, on paragraph 13. You know, it seems like we are very one-sided creatures. We want things a certain way. We want our life a certain way. We want to have it our way. The old Burger King commercial, for those of you that are old enough to remember that. But what we really want and what we really desire and what we really expect is that God will be very forgiving and open in releasing us from our sins and not passing judgment on us. And that's what we really want. And while that is an option, forgiveness from God, forgiveness from Hashem, forgiveness from Jesus is an option. It also means that there has to be some things that are taken into place. Like, for example, repentance and, and the idea of remorse and retribution, paying back damages. There's a lot of things attached to that. But we, we really want it. We really desire it. We really expect God to be forgiving and open in releasing our sins. But we don't always um, feel the same way about other people and their sins. The Zohar, our passage here, is going to talk to us about the possibility, the possibility <clears throat> that some of the negative people and some of the negative events that we meet in our lives are actually opportunities for us to release judgment against us. Rabbi Yehuda said, Before any negative occurrence befalls an individual, the Creator always sends us a gift. This gift is an opportunity to perform a positive action, so that we can protect ourselves from any judgments decreed against us. This principle is concealed in the biblical story of Abraham, or Avraham. The three angels that were sent to Abraham by Creator, when Abraham invites these three angels into his home, it's a true act of kindness. Consider Abraham's situation. He's a hundred years old. It's the third day after his circumcision. That had to be painful. And the weather outside, the scriptures tell us, is unbearably hot. Needless to say, though, Abraham puts aside his own self-interest and welcomes these three strangers, they later turn out to be angels, into his home where he bathes and feeds them. This positive action has a very positive result. We'll talk about that in just a minute. What kind of spiritual world would we have if we asked God to forgive the sins of others, even if those people didn't see what they were doing as wrong? What would it be like if we actually asked God to intervene in the lives of other people, in their faults, in their hardships, even if they weren't sorry about it, even if they looked at their life and said, there's nothing wrong with what I'm doing, I don't, I don't need forgiveness. What if we were willing to do that? Our Zohar section tells us that the rabbis and sages remind us that every action we perform, both good and bad, has an effect on other people. Why don't you think about that for a minute? Every action we perform, whether it's a good action or a bad action, has a result or an effect in other people's lives. We are not 
completely disconnected you know connected from humanity we're not on an island where you say something out loud and no one hears it it's fine you can say whatever you want no one got hurt it's a much more serious thing than that now the rabbis and sages and what we just read a minute ago were commenting on abraham's hospitality towards strangers while he was in great pain this is very difficult this is very very difficult we could be emotionally spent we could be physically exhausted we can be frustrated we can be having feeling like we've been tossed aside or thrown away whatever the feeling may be and at the same time in order to help tukun olam to help repair the world at the same time we still have to have that energy to be kind to other people even when we're not feeling very kind at the time by the way that's where creator comes in that's where god comes in the idea of having an energy past ourselves we read in verse number 167 this corresponds to what we have learned when the holy one blessed be he loves a person he sends him a present and what is that present listen to this it is a poor man for whom he can perform a meritorious act so now that he is meritorious and deserving the holy one blessed be he draws a cord of grace from the right side upon him he winds the cord around his neck and marks him so that when judgment falls on the world the angel of destruction will take notice of him and not hurt him and because he raises his eyes and notices that mark he avoids him this is why the holy one blessed be he arranged beforehand to make him notorious uh, listen to this god expresses his love towards us through a gift boy does that sound familiar Does that sound familiar God is going to send you a gift. God's going to send me a gift. Wow, this is great. What is this gift? Well, the gift, according to the story, is a poor person, a person in need. Now, how many of you have said, oh, I know what I want for my stocking stuffer for Christmas this year. I want a poor person. I want a person in need. I want to help feed somebody. I want somebody who needs something. That's what I want. A gift a gift, according to the Zohar, is an opportunity to perform a meritorious act, an act of kindness, an act of sharing. That is a gift that God gives us. Everyone's talking about getting spiritual gifts. Everybody wants spiritual gifts. They want to speak in tongues. They want to prophesy. They want to have power. They want to raise the dead. They want to do a lot of things. But sometimes the gift that God gives us is a gift of opportunity, the chance to express kindness, to express love, to feed someone. Those are the gifts. Now, it's interesting that he talks about this cord of grace being wrapped around the right side. Those of you who study Kabbalah, you know the left side is for receiving, the right side is for giving. This cord, cord, uh, cord, sorry. This cord of grace is wrapped around his right side. Now, this marking, this cord of grace, is seen by the angel of death. This is the same Hebrew set of words that talks about this same angel of death that was involved in the Passover story in Exodus. And this removes pending judgment against the person. I want you to think about that for a minute. This removes pending judgment against that person. It puts protection around that person. 
I hear a lot of people in their churches praying, oh, give us protection, wrap us with your protection, wrap us with your protection. Okay, well, here's how you do it. You exercise acts of kindness, loving kindness, sharing and caring for people in need, you're covered. Because of his past actions, something that he had done kind for someone, it helps minimize his future pain, his future suffering, and in some cases it can be avoided altogether. Verse number 168. Come and behold, when the Holy One, blessed be he, planned to execute judgment on Sodom. He prepared a meritorious act for Abraham by sending him a present which refers to these three angels. Because of them, he became deserving. Now listen, thereby he saved Lot, the son of his brother, from destruction. That's why it is written. Follow this now, this is heavy, heavy stuff. And Hashem remembered Abraham and sent Lot out of the midst of the overthrow. Genesis 19.29 it does not say that Hashem remembered Lot. It says Hashem remembered Abraham. As a result of Abraham's meritorious act, he was saved. And remembered means that he remembered these previous meritorious acts that he performed with the three angels. I want to ask you a question. I know all of you have read that. God remembered his promise with Israel. God remembered Abraham. God remembered what is it he's remembering. Because I don't think that God just forgot you were there. Yeah, I'm going to go destroy that. Oh, oh no, that Abraham guy is there. Oh, man, I almost forgot the Abraham guy is there. No, it's not God at all. What is it that God remembers? I want you to listen carefully to this. God remembers your good acts. For years. And years in the past. And years till today. And years in the future, we keep hearing over and over again, watch what you're doing because God is watching you. And when he watches you and you do something bad and you sin, he's angry. He kill you. But yet, as we read more and understand the nature of God more, and we understand Hashem more, we find out he's not out there looking to catch an act of doing something wrong. He's out there to catch you in the act of doing something right. He's remembering your meritorious acts. He's remembering your kindness. He's remembering the way you've lived your life. And often he's rewarding the way you live your life to a benefit to not just you, but also to the people around you. The Bible says that God remembered Abraham. He is not the one who's about to be destroyed. And God saved Lot, who was the one who was about to be destroyed. But why? Why does it go like this? Why not let Lot suffer destruction with the other one? Because Abraham's righteous deeds, his love of good mitzvot, his genuine love for Lot, saved Lot from destruction. What if we were to be praying for the sins and suffering of other people that they would not have to go through that, backing it up with acts of kindness and of love? What if we lived our lives for the benefit of others so that they could be kept from judgment? 
You know, the other day we were having this big conversation here in Colorado Springs. Uh, we have, um, we live here, my wife and I now, I don't know, 10 years, 11 years, long time. And the city has grown immensely in population. It's getting more and more like Southern California every time I turn around. Traffic and traffic and traffic. And there's a conversation about right now, some of the school districts have breakfast and lunch available for kids uh, whose families can't afford it. And they actually, some of the locations, not all of them, but some of the locations carry on those services even during the summer for them. And they were talking about funding these programs, and I was reading things on Facebook. And much to my surprise, people on Facebook were saying, why should we have to pay for this? Why should we be paying for... Uh, Mary's lunch or Sammy's lunch or Carol's lunch or whoever, why are we paying for this? And then someone would say, well, you know, the parents are, are in a low-income situation and some of these families, the dad's in jail and the mom's the only one. Well, that's their decision. They're responsible for their children. We're not responsible for our children. What if we lived our lives in the benefit of others so that they could be kept from judgment? I mean, if we're really talking about my tax money going to the school so the school can feed someone who doesn't have food coming into school. Can you think of a better way to spend that tax money? I mean, compared to the other nonsense we do? We'll spend millions of dollars on an investigation that comes back and says, yeah, everything was bad. But we don't want to concern ourselves about benefiting a group of kids whose parents, yeah, they've made mistakes whose parents, maybe they have made any mistakes. Maybe it's just too expensive to live. It's just sad. Tremendously sad. Verse number 169. In the same manner, when harsh judgment hangs over the world, the Holy One, blessed be He, remembers the charitable deeds that men perform. And every time <coughs> a person performs a meritorious action, it is noted above. Therefore, even when there is harsh judgment on the world, the Holy One, blessed be Him, blessed be He, remembers the good that a person has done and is merited through other people, as it is written in the book of Proverbs. But charity, righteousness, delivers from death. Proverbs 11.4 According to this, the Holy One, blessed be He, arranged in advance the opportunity for Abraham to perform this meritorious act so that by his merit, Lot would be saved. Now, that's not that hard to imagine or that hard to think of when you're thinking of the fact that God knows everything. He's all-powerful. He's all-knowing. So this is not a big surprise. But we need to slow down and really think about what we just said. God, send me this, send me this, do this, send me this. It's already been sent. It's already there. But because it's, it's masked in kindness or masked in a poor portion or masked in somebody's need, well, I can't possibly be God. God doesn't need anything. Well, God may not need it, but this person does. So like Abraham, you and I can cause a global collection of good deeds and actions that can prevent the very hand of God in judgment in this world. Or we could just continue being self-centered religious bigots caring less caring less for anyone that doesn't conform to our denominational beliefs. You see, our faith, 
Our faith practice certainly cannot be built on vague concepts of morals, ethics, and differing codes of rights and wrong. We need to understand that there is a direct deposit withdrawal system in our spiritual universe. And when times are most difficult, when we think the world has gone mad, we can tip the scales of judgment to mercy by being active participants in repairing the world. My name is David Fournier, whether you join me live or on archive and uh, on Blog Talk Radio, Anchor FM Podcast. Thank you so much for joining me. And until next time, on the Zohar in 15.